0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Insider, brought to you, as ever, by Vanishing Inc. And welcome to the new season. Um, We're going to try something new this season and let the lovely people that are members of Vanishing Inc. monthly into the recording to watch it live. Um, If I figure out exactly how the thing works, maybe we could get some live questions from people in the audience. We'll see whether uh, the chat thing works. But enough of my yakking. My guest today is co-founder of Vanishing Inc. My boss is the delightful Andy Gladwin. Andy, how are you this morning?
1: Hello, Damien. Today, I'm just a good friend,
0: not a boss. Oh, okay. It's my good friend, Andy Gladwin. There we go. And today, On the day of recording, something very exciting is happening, which is a secret book. Well, it's not so secret now because I've been hyping it up on uh, social media for you, but a book. Nobody Knew Existed is coming out by a bloke called Jack Parker. Sadly, it might be the case that some of the listeners are unaware of Jack or his work. So this is going to be a special episode where we educate and enlighten people about your friend Jack Parker. We'll start off with the question we always start off with, which was, what's Jack's origin story? You've got 17 seconds.
1: Jack was a magician from the kind of Winchester, Portsmouth area in the UK who had captured the attentions of so many famous, excellent card magicians about 15 years ago. He was creating really visual, easy card magic that nobody had seen before and, and people all over the world were really interested in this guy. And then, as we'll probably talk about, sadly, he passed away kind of at the peak of his career. Um, but he was a good friend of mine and I managed to, to capture and record a lot of his magic.
0: How did you two meet?
1: So... There used to be a magic forum called The Second Deal, and it was an invitation-only forum, uh, TSD, to its friends. Uh, It was kind of tricky to get onto. Uh, You had to get invited, then you had to pay, and then you had to kind of pass an initiation. And that meant that it was a small community, probably 100, 120 magicians. And it was very Marlow-centric, because most of Marlow's living students at the time were members of TSD. And... That tended to be what people talked about, kind of Marlowe-style card magic. And there was a section on there where people could post their own tricks. It wasn't populated all that often, maybe like four or five times a year. Somebody great would upload a trick and this was before video was even a thing online. Uh, This was before YouTube even existed, like 2002 I guess. And I was a member for many years and just really enjoyed it and really learned a lot about card magic. But then all of a sudden, this guy, Jack Parker, posted a trick in the trick section, which always got people talking, but nobody had heard of this guy, yet the trick was fantastic. And then he posted another one a few days later, and then another one. Like He'd posted pretty much a year's worth of tricks just in a few days, but they were all really great tricks that captured everybody's imagination and everybody's interest. But for me, it was kind of extra special because... I knew that Jack was from the UK, but I'd never heard of him before, yet he was posting the best magic on the TSD. It's like he came from nowhere and lived kind of close to me, which was slightly frustrating, and was posting just fantastic magic. So I wanted to get to know him, and I just dug in from there, basically. We made contact through TSD, and then we hung out several times, uh, quite a few times, uh, but we spoke online every single day. So it
0: was a really great friendship for me. How wonderful. How wonderful. Was it about Jack's magic that you found so interesting?
1: Yeah, I, I think the things I found interesting are pretty much the same as everybody else found interesting about them, which is uh, a few things. I see in the back of Fifty Two Memories, which was the first book I wrote about Jack Parker's book, uh, Jack Parker's Magic. I listed some of the things that I think make a perfect Jack Parker trick, and okay. I'll just give a couple of them here, but you can go back and check out all of, the, all of them if you're interested, but one is that his magic was typically very visual, um, but it was rarely difficult, which is interesting because normally visual magic tends to be quite tricky, but his stuff was uh, relatively simple and within the grasp of, of any card magician, but also he tackled plots and twisted them in interesting ways. He wouldn't just do it open travelers like other magicians would. Now he'd do an open travelers on the floor, or he has one where it's in his hands. Um, Or he would take a move and he would just twist it in directions that that move was never intended to be taken in. Uh, And then the last one, which I really enjoyed, was he squeezed so much magic out of just a few cards or a few moves. in fact, one of those first tricks he put on the TSD forum, I think like the second or third trick, was so fascinating to me it was called the, well, the quantum mechanics the nonconformists teach quantum mechanics i think it was called uh, and it used just just a few cards but it had like six or seven phases and, and it just it all fitted together perfectly so that's what i loved about jack's magic it was an, a feat of engineering but also a feat of great magic at the same time
0: now he was an architect by trade right mm-hmm. yeah. so do you think that engineering part of his magic stems, has got some relation to what he was doing as a day job. Do you think the two are interlinked? I really think
1: that they were. I think he had a very analytical mind. He was an expert chess player as well. And I think all of these things kind of come together to create a Jack Parker trick. The interesting thing about the chess player thing, I didn't know about this until his funeral, when I was talking to like his other friends, his non-magician friends were at the funeral, and they were... They didn't really even know he did magic. They just knew that he was this expert chess player, and he had a few different areas of his life that he kind of kept it in separate boxes. And he was uh, seemed to be expert an expert in all of these different
0: areas, which was really cool and fascinating to learn. How interesting! So back in the early two thousands, when you were chatting with him, how? And this was obviously, as you said before, we could do things like video. Uh, conferencing online how were you sharing magic with him AOL instant messenger which just
1: now's an old question mark yeah exactly um, <laughs> yeah who chat rooms the lot uh, but uh, that that was a, a medium of choice and uh, I had a day job back then I was a programmer for an IT company I left school when I was uh, 17 years old and started um, as a programmer an IT company back then and that was this kind of era that we're talking about and so I would spend my days basically um, alt-tabbing between uh, the programming and and AOL instant (laughs) messenger and Jack and I would speak all day every day and It was often spurred on by him. He was always working on a new trick or a new technique. And it was just, it was constant. He just was able to just continuously create magic. And what was interesting to me when I started to write Jack's books was just how much more magic that he'd created that he didn't even share with me just because we were talking about ace assemblies when also along the line he was working on mathematical tricks with Thomas Blomberg and uh, other tricks with Jamie Badman it just it was just crazy how prolific he was Um, so we didn't get to speak all all that much like this on webcam Uh, we only had one webcam conversation because webcams had just kind of been started to be used at that point and when we were sharing videos, we had to record them on camcorder and transfer them to the computer and send them across using like real movie player uh, or Windows movie, movie player, those kind of pieces of software. So it was a very different time. And actually, it's kind of crazy to, to go back in my mind to that period and just see how far we've come in magic and how we're able to use things like YouTube and and this and other ways podcasts weren't even a thing back then. And this whole thing makes me sound so, so old.
0: imagine how I feel. (laughs) So, was the relationship mentor-y or friend-y? Were you you learning from him or were you contributing your stuff as well to the chats?
1: Oh, it was definitely friend. Um, Jack didn't really have a mental bone in his body in my mind because I I think to be a mentor you need to have an ego for for better or worse you need to have an ego and Jack had no ego actually Jack was in the corner by himself working on magic most of the time and uh, I often think about times where there were little I don't know what the word would be, little disagreements in magic back then. And like he would always make sure he was separate from all of that. He would never get involved in any kind of politics or anything like that. Uh, He just was an unassuming guy who was just working on his own magic, happy to share it with people, but also loved to get magic from other people. So it was a friendship where every day we're passing ideas back and forth. Now, of course, that's not to say I didn't learn from him. I learned so much from him, but that was never his aim. I think his aim was just to share the great magic that he was working on.
0: Right. And back then, just to go back to touch again on the the visual side of things, obviously nowadays when people think of visual magic, they'll think of something designed for this sort of video medium that may be very gimmicky or very angrily and just work for one sort of thing. So back then... Can you give an example of what sort of visual magic would would mean 23 years ago?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's definitely not like packets moving back and forth or flat cards or anything like that. Instead, it's stuff like um, he has a sandwich routine uh, in 52 Memories called I Know Kung Fu, uh, where the cards kind of jump out between the packets. It's that kind of thing. Um, My friend Liam Montier described it to me once. He said, you do old man magic. And that's kind of what it is. Let's consider it old man visual magic. But actually... um, that's said in jest because this stuff is, in my mind, the, just the core of, of performing great close-up magic. Like, it's just, it's visual, it's interesting, it's fascinating, it's entertaining. Um, so it's yeah, it's definitely not webcam magic. When I talk about visual in that respect, it's it's just just really great wholesome magic.
0: You said a word then, entertaining. Now, when we were working on putting together the marketing material for the book which launches, as we record today, but this will go out on Monday, so is launched, and you can go and get it at Um uh, You sent a whole bunch of very old real media videos for me to have a look at to see what we could pull out to use online. And there was a strange character in there. Tell us about Diggler. Yeah, Diggler was... Jack's kind of
1: fun alter ego, Uh, because at this point, so I guess 2002, 2003, Jack had started recording magic on video and and was sharing them around the internet. And these files were emailed around people. They they weren't embedded in websites like they are now. And he was getting more creative, more ambitious, and uh, he was using production values a a little more. And, And just as a complete surprise one day, he sent us all a video called Diggler. I think it was Diggler's Aces, actually. And in this video, he was wearing a bandana, a, a, like a porn star star mustache, like an 80s porn star. Um, and he had um, a grooves in the Heart, I think it's by D-Light, uh, music behind it. And he was just doing these interesting visual moves. So again, visual stuff, all the stuff that Diggler did was like really kind of visual cards, hopping and popping and jumping out the deck. Um, and, and that was just it like for three or four times, Jack sent us these videos as Diggler, uh, but they are fantastic. Are we going to put them online? Are we going to put them on the Vanishing website? We are great because, uh, they are so much fun, but you shouldn't be distracted. As I think a lot of people were back then by Jack and, and his character and his weird dance moves. Because the magic itself is actually really great there's a move that i mined from those videos to put in the the latest book actually because uh, i think both jack and i had forgotten about it but it really needed to go on here uh, in in 52 explorations uh so that's it. it just diggler was a weird alter ego uh nobody ever met him until i did a lecture in atlanta at the TSD convention uh, jack was the at the convention i think it was the only TSD convention that he attended in person Uh, Although he did an incredible trick over video. One of the first long distance tricks I ever saw uh, at another convention, but I digress. Uh, But Jack was at the Atlanta convention and I I walked out on stage, to start my lecture and he sat there dressed as Diggler uh, in the front row. So of course I had to get him on stage because like he was drawing everyone's attention away anyway. So he came and, and he sat there throughout the whole lecture with me. We had so much fun. And then I remembered just a couple of days ago that After that convention, he gave Ricky Smith all of the Diggler outfit. So I don't know, but maybe Ricky still has it. And maybe one day Ricky might appear as Diggler. Who knows?
0: What a a momentous occasion that would be. Would be great. Your first collaboration with Jack was the Magician's Cookbook. Tell us about that and how it came about.
1: So, when Jack was a teenager, he suffered from leukaemia, and he was treated by a hospice that he really wanted to give back to. So he had this idea of putting together a book called The Magician's Limited Cookbook. And the reason for the word limited in the title was that all of the tricks would be limited to just, I think, three or four slights. So, if it was difficult, it didn't go in the book, but if it was kind of used any of these easy slights that he listed out, could go in the book, and he sent an email out to all of these fantastic magicians who, at that point, had become fans of his work. So I'm talking people like Alan Ackerman, Dave Solomon, uh, Joshua j myself, like all of these magicians that he just listed. Uh, that I just listed, plus like 20 more, and we all submitted tricks to Jack. And the the easy ones, the ones that passed Jack's limited test, uh, were to go in the book. But while Jack was working on it, he realized he's not a writer. He he really tried hard and it just wasn't for him and he was getting frustrated and he just said would you take this on and back then I I wasn't a writer of a magic book I'd never actually written a magic book I think I might have written like a set of lecture notes or something Uh, but you know what I'm like I'm just one of those people if you say can you do this because I can't I'll go well okay if you need me to help I will try and learn how to do it so not my best work by any means, writing style, but uh, people tell me that it's a book they still go back to and that they enjoy. And it's a really great collection of magicians and a great collection of material. So it's worth checking out. It's, it's I don't think it's available now. You'd have to get it second hand. Um, but we did that book and then we donated all the money to the hospice uh, oh. that, that helped Jack. Um, just as actually, uh, I don't think we've kind of officially announced it, but proceeds, uh, some of the proceeds from 52 Explorations are also going uh, to a cancer charity because Jack passed away of cancer. Uh, and I know those kind of things are important to Jack, so that's something we're we're trying to, to continue
0: throughout the, the work that we do with his magic. Oh, that's lovely. Um, in 52 Memories, the first of his books, you said that Jack didn't want to originally publish a book. Do you know why that was?
1: Yeah, I do. It's, it's back to the kind of no ego thing I talked about earlier. Uh, I, I think it was important to Jack to share his magic, but the idea of having a, a big hardback book, which... Any collection of Jack's material would have to be a big hardback book because he was so <clears throat> prolific. Uh, I, I think that just was kind of off-putting to him. I, I think he just didn't want to to make that statement to the world. Uh, he definitely didn't feel ready. He told me that. Um, but when Jag found out that he uh, had cancer, and that he only had a few months to live, uh, then he just jumped into action. He, he always said, we'll know when, the, when it's the right time. And, and I don't think either of us realized that that would be it um, so that's that's exactly it it just we needed to write that book at that time we had about three months and, w- and we knew we had that deadline so I quit my job and I spent a lot of time going back and forth um, to, to Jack's hospice to to make sure I got all of these details Jack um, recorded videos I still have the old videotapes like the, the little mini VHSs that they put in the camera uh, of Jack doing all of the magic from 52 memories and about half of the magic from 52 explorations and, yeah, we just worked really hard together. And in some way it was kind of nice because it gave us some focus uh, during the last few months of Jack's life. So it meant that we, we had something to to work on whilst we knew the, the inevitable was happening. Huh.
0: Tell us about um, Jack's soiree. What was that?
1: Yeah, well, that actually kind of fits perfectly in, into this moment of, of time because... Jack Soiree was an event that he wanted to organize to say goodbye to his friends, basically. So it was about one month before he passed away. Uh, He was living in the hospice at that time. But he just said, like, i got so many great friends in Magic from all over the world. I'd love to see them one more time. Can you you pull something together? Uh, So we got Thomas Blomberg from Sweden and... um, some of the the great scottish magicians such as gordon bruce and uh, magicians from the uk myself ben earl um we just all collected together for a weekend it was it was a magic convention basically there was probably 20 of us or so and uh, we, we performed Jack's magic uh, for Jack. Um, Jack performed a few tricks, but he was quite weak at that time. Um, so he asked me to perform some of the tricks that he had planned to do. I'd learned all of the tricks he was gonna do as kind of a backup. Um, the one trick I remember doing uh, was called Final Palm. Uh, that's in uh, 52 Explorations. Uh, that was one of Jack's uh, last creations, um, but it was just a, a really nice upbeat time. Like I. It sounds pretty morbid, uh, this kind of event, but it it really wasn't. It was a it was a true celebration. And, you know, when you think about our end of life and we have a funeral to celebrate us after we've passed away, I mean, this this was way, way better. This was was all of Jack's great magician friends being together in one room, just doing everything that Jack loved and celebrating him and his magic. And it was just such a lovely way to say goodbye.
0: So you had that working relationship for 52 memories but how, where did the tricks come from for 52 explorations?
1: Yeah, so like like I said about the, the videos that Jack recorded he put a load of extra tricks on there uh, and we actually had to whittle down 52 Memories. Like uh, We'd chosen all of these tricks and then when Jack had the idea he wanted to call it 52 Memories, we had to take some of those tricks aside because they just weren't enough. Um, but what was interesting is it wasn't like uh, these aren't good enough, let's not put those in. It was these don't fit the theme. They're, there's six tricks here that are using the touch force. Let's, let's come back to those later or these are gimmick tricks, let's include those later. Um, so I already, already had a Chunk of tricks that Jack had given me uh, that he wanted to publish because it was important to me that every trick in 52 Explorations was a trick that Jack had intended to publish. Because I'd hate the idea that when I die, uh, that somebody, somebody like you or Josh, might go, Well, I remember he shared this trick with me, like, and it's just not finished, and then you start publishing those tricks. Like, I hate that, and I know that Jack would as well. I'm not suggesting you would do that, Damien, no, but Josh, maybe. Josh, sadly. <laughs> um, <definitely. laughs> so, um, so I was really careful to only include tricks that he had intended to publish but I was really lucky because uh, he had these ser- this series of manuscripts called explorations that he had written. Uh, each one was maybe 30 or 40 pages and he'd only managed to release two of them but each one was on a subject so that meant that I already had a, a great body of work to to work from, from this exploration series. He released some of his eBooks, but it was in his final months of his life, so they didn't really spread around the magic community at all. Uh, And two, like I say, were completely unreleased. So I had a great body of work from that. But also, Jack had written a secret book himself. Um, He went on holiday in in France uh, to Normandy uh, for a week. and. During that week, he wrote every trick that he created, which was like 15 tricks. And he just sent them around to, I think like five or six of us got this ebook that he'd written, never intended to publish it. It was just, hey, here are the tricks I created while I was away. So I, I took some great material from there. Um, so really just all of this material that uh, I knew that Jack had wanted me to publish. Uh, and instead of just publishing the the 20 or so tricks that were left over from 52 Memories, I got to kind of put the the best of the best in as well. So we got a really nice collection of. Uh, yeah, Jack's final legacy.
0: Now, when we were chatting to work about work out about the marketing of the book, um, you said something about Jack hiding some tricks for you. Can you tell listeners and viewers about that?
1: So, when I'd finished the book. It was just called explorations. It wasn't intended to be 52 tricks, like 52 memories. And I counted up the tricks. It was something like 48 tricks. And I was like, oh, so close. We could have had another 52 uh and, and matched 52 <clears throat> memories. Uh but I, I wasn't willing to just start pulling about tricks that that weren't that weren't good enough, or like I say, the, the unfinished ideas. And Jack had given me a, a CD when he, just before he passed away, and he said, here's all my tricks on here, um, just in case you need to publish any, just in case you need to reference the videos or whatever. Um, they're on there. You have everything on there already, but I just want you to have my backup. like, fine. I never even put it in my computer. But when I did, just once I'd finished this book, I noticed a file name that I, of a trick I didn't remember. It was called Airborne. And I was like, I don't notice this trick. Let me just quickly watch it never seen this trick in my whole life um i I searched my emails because i i'm one of those weirdos who has every email i've ever sent or received for the last 20 years i searched my emails nothing and then i found another one a stranger comes traveling searched it nothing I don't know what happened. There was like multiple tricks that were just there, performance only, uh, that I'd just never seen from Jack before. Now, maybe his friends had seen those tricks before. You know, maybe he'd sent them to, to Thomas or to Jamie or Paul Cummings. I, I don't know, but I'd never seen them. So I don't know what Jack's intention was, um, but I like to think that he hid those tricks for me to to finish 52 Explorations so that we could have the 52 tricks. So I had to deconstruct those tricks. But what's really interesting about Jack is at that point in his life when he was creating those kind of tricks, he'd already created a very vast original body of slights and techniques. So really I was looking at these just trying to match like, is, is he doing this end spread there? Is that, is, that, does that what that, is that what that looks like? So I was able to kind of deconstruct them because I knew his body of material so well. Um, but actually, A Stranger Comes Travelling was really, really difficult to deconstruct because there was just one phase I just couldn't get my head around. So, yeah, there's a little bonus chapter in the book. I guess you could call it a bonus of of stuff that uh, I don't know. I don't know what Jack had intended with those, but they're in the book
0: and they're really great. Three of the strongest tricks in the book, actually. So you were probably uniquely qualified to be able to take those video files and to be able to try and reverse engineer what he was doing because of your knowledge of the methods or moves that he would normally use. But how did you do the bit that fooled you? The bit, the phase, what was your process for the phase that you didn't quite get?
1: Banging my head against the wall, trying out every version. (laughs) And then I did, I'm honest. If I'm honest, I did what I normally do in these situations. I emailed Thomas, Thomas. <laughs> Thomas is so much smarter than me. Um, so I, I think I came up with like the, the vague idea of what I think it was. and I sent it to Thomas. And I was like, what is Jack doing here? And, and of course he knew straight away uh, because yeah, we were really lucky that by the end of, of, of Jack's life, maybe the last couple of years, there was a small community of us that had uh, bonded together. Luke Dancy, Thomas, Jamie Badman, Tyler Wilson, uh, John Gustafaro. And we're all now part of these chats that just uh, initially I used to have with Jack and maybe Jack had it individually with Thomas and Jamie. And, and so it was really nice, actually, that we had this little community of, of Jack Parker friends that, that I could call up on for help.
0: Oh, how lovely. Um, tell us the story about insomnia. Insomnia is perhaps,
1: no, not perhaps, definitely, without a doubt, the best seven card Ace Assembly ever created. And Jack created this trick, and he sent it to a magician uh, from upstate New York called Noah Stanko, who is a kind of underground magician uh, with true underground values. In fact, I know if he's watching this, he's hating me already for for even talking about him. Um, But we we flew Noah over to the session to meet Jack as a surprise um, uh, back in the, the the second session I think it was uh, because at that point Jack was already ill Um, and anyway he sent this trick to Noah when he created it and he he was like hey this trick is so good don't share it with anyone else please let me have it Like, let this be the gift uh, uh, for me to to take this trick and I promise I will perform this trick and he is such a good slap fan magician that uh, he completely did it justice and I saw him perform it had no idea how it worked at all it's like a five phase seven card assembly And then when I was working on this book, I spoke to him and I was like, Hey, it feels right now. It's been, I guess at that point, 12 or 13 years. Like, I would love to convince you to to let me publish this trick. I don't know how it works. I want to know how it works. Uh, But would you let me publish it? And he thought long and hard about it. And eventually he was like, you know what, for Jack's legacy, of course. And so we get that trick in the book. And this was a trick. So I, I said that all of the tricks were ones that Jack had intended to publish. Uh, but that's kind of the exception i think because this one he he wanted to keep as a, a surprise uh, uh, as a gift for for his friend but uh it's been regifted to us now and i think we're really lucky as a magic community to have that um it's it's not like fool's gold fool's gold is in 52 memories which is a seven card assembly that is uh seven card assembly style trick that is so so good uh this is a multi-phased beast of a trick um that i think everybody is, who who has watched this should probably just jump straight to when they get the
0: book but when you said he never intended to publish it, it's not like because it wasn't good enough or because it was unfinished. It was because it was a gift it's because to it was the, the magician who's going to be annoyed that we've named him.
1: Yeah, no, it was the, the best of uh, Jack's work. And actually, one of my concerns... So I'd, wrote, I'd written this book, I think about five years ago, I, I wrote this book, uh, and it's been sat on my hard drive as I go back and check it. It's important to me to get all of the details right. And one of my concerns just before I sent it to print was is this book as good as 52 memories? Like, have I, am I doing a, a misjustice here? Like, did, did I just, have I got rose-tinted glasses about Jack and the material? So I went back and I relearned every trick just to make sure. Is every trick great? And you know what? There are tricks in here that are way better than the best tricks in 52 memories. And Insomnia mm-hmm. is one of them. Uh, Final Palm is another one. So uh, Airborne, there are many tricks uh, that I could mention. But yeah, this, this book to me, stands alongside 52 Memories, and, and I'm so proud that I uh, that Jack trusted me with his material and that, that finally I can make good on getting out this material that he dates me to get out 15 years ago now.
0: You're a privileged and lucky man. We're nearly out of time, Andy Gladwin, but I want to, if it's okay with you, ask you a hard question to end okay. with, and that is what did Jack mean to you? Yeah, that is a
1: is it a tough question? You know what? It probably isn't, actually. I learned a lot from Jack, because I was I was very young at the time. I guess I was early 20s. Um, Jack was a bit older. He was 30s. Um, but he didn't have an ego, like I said. He, he didn't want to get involved in, in any kind of politics or any weirdness that was going on in magic. He just wanted to get his head down and create magic. And in many ways, I'm I'm so inspired by that, because... I think the best way we as magicians can inspire other people is, is to be great. We can inspire people with our, with our own work great, show them how hard we work, how much magic means to us, and and without ever saying it, that's exactly what Jack did to me. He inspired me just by how much he would put into making a trick great or, or a slight great, uh, and just how much fun he had well, during that process. So he didn't get dragged down by anything other than what is the best method to create the best effect? So that's what he meant to me. He was a, a friend in, in many, many other ways, and he's opened many doors for me. Um, but the most important thing I could learn from him is, is how to just, just focus on the trick and make the magic great.
0: Finally, who do you think uh, Jack would have preferred to fight? One <laughs> giant you or a hundred tiny Joshuas?
1: How to like go just run against the wall at contrast there. Love it. Got
0: to end on a high (laughs) note. Come on.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, I, um, I I don't think Jack ever met Josh. I, I think Josh came to the UK just after Jack's passing. So I'm going to go with me, and I think you would have enjoyed every minute while stamping on. Is it Am I the
0: little ones or the big ones? I don't remember. No, you're the big one today. It changes. Oh, you're the big one today.
1: Oh, does it, okay, uh, well, I think you would have enjoyed fighting the big me, uh, and uh, I think you would have probably won with brains alone. It would have been a David and Goliath situation. <laughs>
0: Andy Gladwin, thank you very much indeed for your time. Your new book, 52 Explorations, is available on that there vanishinginkmagic.com. And thank you very much to the live studio audience for watching us record. We're going to be doing this for the next episodes of The Insider for this season and I'll try and give you more than 15 minutes warning. It's only available to come onto the live chat if you are a member of Vanishing Inc. monthly and you can find out more about that on the website. For now, Andy Gladwin, thank you very much indeed.
1: Goodbye.